live from Nashville, Tennessee, is the Anti Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. History of leather and lead Of stampede and broken bone pain Some words mumbled over the dead Then keep pushing cows to the train Hard times make hard hands And one blade sharpens the next Legends shape the land, breaking trails for the rest. And that was the day of the cowboy. Oh, what a world he could see. And that was the day. New Mexico is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Hey, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. You know you're in Albuquerque when balloons fill the air and you stop the car because you don't want to run into them. <laughs> how high was your car? How high, high flying was your car? Uh, the car is fine. Uh, we were driving uh, from our home down to our grocery store, and there is big open fields on both sides of that road. And 
the other morning, balloons were landing in the open fields, uh, and there was uh, one that came almost onto the road. It was really fun to watch it land, oh. and the um, chase team, uh, you know, um, secure the gondola and all, and it's like you just want to slow down. We need to have a bumper sticker that says something like, we slow down for balloons, because yes, we're still so in awe. Yeah, we're still so in awe of it that, you know, other people get so used to it. But we're, it's, for us, it's still <laughs> such an unusual event. <laughs> you should you should do bumper stickers that says, we slow down for balloons. That would be a good thing. Yeah. yeah. You could probably yeah. sell those at Out West, you know. Uh, anyway. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. I was going to ask how the Balloon Festival this past weekend, but obviously it was pretty good. Good weather. Yeah, we have we have tickets for Saturday night's balloon glow this week. We didn't we didn't get out there during the week. Um, they do broadcast live on the local CBS channel, and I've actually been taking pictures of the TV screen. Um, <laughs> but we will go for balloon go balloon glow is so cool, um, and we have tickets for Saturday night for that. So we'll just hope for good good weather. That is great. My wife just walked by wearing her anniversary gift, smiling. We're, mm. we're celebrating our first anniversary, and we may talk about somebody else's anniversary in just a little bit. But uh, yeah. talking about that, who is our first guest today? Oh, my gosh. We have Kristen Harris with us this morning. So excited to have Kristen back with us. All right. We're looking forward to talking with Kristen. And we a lot to talk about with her. This has been quite a year for that young lady. And uh, in the second hour of the show, we're going to be talking with Montana's Backcountry Horseman America's Vice Chairman, Mr. Mark Kimmel, and our good friend Randy Rasmussen, who is the Director of Public Lands and Recreation. Coming up on Saddle Up America in the second hour. But right now, let's listen to a great song from Kristen, one called Roly Poly. It's from the CD place to land and we'll be back to talk with her in just a minute today on the campfire cafe Thank you. 
um, which was such an honor. There was they had some pretty big stars there this year too. Actually, <laughs> uh, they gave a <laughs> lifetime achievement award to George Strait and Robert Duvall, and yeah. Red Steagall was there, and all, all kinds of people in our you know genre and industry that are just you know heroes and um people i look up to it was it was a really cool weekend well it is for and you jewels. got to you, you got to sing the national anthem i did yes i did what well, what was, so what was how that did you that? meet Kristen? who did you meet was the most impressive during the Wranglers. Robert Duvall was there. George Strait was there. Uh, R.W. Yeah. Hampton was there. Mark Badur yes. was there. Some of our friends. Yeah. Red Steagall. Yeah. Red Steagall was there. Gosh. Who was the most impressive uh, guy that you met? Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to personally meet everyone. So George Strait and Robert Duvall, I think they kind of flew them in on a jet and snuck them in through backstage, and they gave their speech, and then they flew them back out. <laughs> they didn't mingle with anybody, so oh, that you know that was a little disappointing. But it was still cool. They, I mean, I wasn't sitting very far from the stage and got to you know see them mm-hmm. uh, come accept the award. So, well, that's pretty neat. So, where is your Wrangler? Where do you keep your Wrangler now? Well. Um, I think we're going to display it at the recording studio that my husband uh, runs, but we haven't really, we haven't found a home for it quite yet. It's it's still all, you know, so brand new. We hadn't even got that far. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, well, you'd have to move some of the other awards back to be able to squeeze that in at home. (laughs) Quite a collection that you've gathered over the years. Yeah. So one of the songs that I love off of this CD, Place to Land, is one uh-huh. that our friend Cor Blunt did, and you do a great oh, job yeah. with this. Yeah, we're going to listen to Cal around and come back and talk more with Kristen Harris today on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs> Bestow this western blessing Share what I have found May you always have cows around What else you gonna spend that extra money on What else is gonna get you up Hours before dawn What else is gonna keep you toiling on and on and on May you always have cows much time on your hands, not nearly enough complications in your plan. You need to invite all of the frustration that you can. May you always have cows around. Everything is better with some cows around. Living in town sometimes brings me down. Let me bestow this western blessing. Leave you
calves on the ground come next year oh wow so it's kind of like they just multiply you know double, <laughs> well, double that's every the year. idea that is the idea that is the idea i don't know what we're going to do when we go to this artificial meat but uh, i guess they just make oh, good oh boy yeah so, i don't i don't think i'm going to be ranching any artificial meat <laughs> I was I was wondering who do you listen to today? I know the last song was one that Corb had done, 
Who do you listen mm-hmm. to today? Who are your artists that you go to to enjoy just to listen? Oh, gosh. It changes by the day and what mood I'm in. Uh, I'm definitely, I, I'm a big fan of Core, but I, I just like, you know, good, clever songwriting is some of my favorite stuff to listen to, which is one reason I like Corb. Um, I like to listen a lot of times to some of the, like, 1940s Frank Sinatra type stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some of my favorite favorite stuff. It, it just really varies. Um, I like to get inspiration from all sorts of places, so... Well, that's pretty cool. I just I just wondered what you like to listen to. So, you know, with, uh, yeah. with two daughters at home now, you know, now my daughters are younger than my granddaughters are. So my musical taste has to change <laughs> a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> right. And we'll reflect that in some of our guests we come on a little bit later. But I, I was just curious cool. about that. I was just curious. About yeah, that. yeah. You, you might be surprised at some of the stuff I listen to, but... It's I like it, it just boils down to I like good musicianship and I like good lyrics, well written lyrics and if it's got those two things I generally like enjoy it. it and then like yeah. I said, depending on what mood I'm in, I want different things. But right, right. yeah, it depends on my mood as what I listen to. So Bobby Bell, I was listening to Lou Rawls last night. Did you ever listen to Lou? Mhm. Yeah. 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 I like Rosemary Clooney too. I like some of those scenes mm. that you were talking about, Kristen. And of course, I yeah. I like some of the Broadway stuff. I was listening to Annie Get Your Gun the other day with Bernadette Peters oh, yeah. and Tom Wopat. You know that that song. You I can do any. You know I can do anything better than you. And I thought, oh my God, yeah. Kristen and somebody needs to do this song. You I know. thought about that. <laughs> yes, I love that kind of stuff too. And it's such fun music to sing. I feel like the the Broadway stuff, the music that are written for movies are some of the most fun songs to sing because they're uh-huh. written with such great melodies. Much more so, I think, than just a lot of the music that is just put out on yeah. an album. It's Yeah. 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 Well, that makes me feel better. Clever lyrics, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel better. I like old stuff too because I'm old, but that's all right. So you did uh, <laughs> yeah. you did a couple of things in Nashville with our friend Chris Harris. Wandering Star is what we're going to get to next. Tell us about this song. How did this come about and get put together? Oh, it was so fun. Uh, it was Chris's idea, um, which was such a cool idea because the original obviously is so different from what I sound like. Um, but, and it's not one I, I would have really thought of, but it worked so well. He, it was one of those things I was supposed to go out there and have a songwriting session, um, with him and a couple other people. And then we had one song we knew we were going to record, but, um, the, the others, we hadn't really picked them. And a few days before, I think it was Chris said how about this song and so I learned it in a hurry and we got there and I hadn't hardly I mean I'd never performed it and I hadn't even figured out what key I'd do it in and 
um, we we laid it down at the studio and just had a blast. And it he did such a great job producing that. It it was a lot of fun. He did a great job, and you did your key. So let's take a listen to Wandering Carlson. <laughs> we'll come back and talk more with Kristen in just a moment. Bobby Jean. Hey, Mary. <laughs> hey, Mary Kay. 
I just wanted to hop on here. I'm doing great. I just am loving the show, loving the music. And I want you to know what a great album this is. I am so, so impressed. Oh, thank you. I just love it. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. I I really, really love it. And that last song is just a perfect example of of really what you've done with this album. It's really, you have a, it's a, it's eclectic and um, just beautifully, beautifully done. So, and happy anniversary to you. Well, I was going to say happy anniversary <laughs> to you. Today is your anniversary. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't want to take well, up too so much cool. time, but <laughs> I wanted to just hop on here and say hello to everybody and just how much I love you and how, how wonderful this album is. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you, you hopped on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, dear, yes, happy dear. anniversary to you. <laughs> well, happy anniversary to you. <laughs> to your show. All right, thanks. Uh, bye. All right, bye, all. Oh, Enjoy your day. Oh gosh. Well, she's she's having a fun time listening to the show. She's she's one of our Aww. one of our listeners, so that's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> anyway, Wandering Star, that, that was a, a great, cool great thing. song. Yeah, it is a good thing. So I want to get to another song real quick. We we've got a few more that we want to get to. We're gonna talk a lot more too. But this is the title cut from a place to land. Tell us a little bit about well, this is one I wrote um, before COVID happened because I was on my way out to Elko, Nevada for the big National Cowboy Poetry Gathering. And as the flights into the little bitty Elko airport often do, um, I had a layover in Salt Lake City and the it was delayed and I missed my little flight into the Elko airport and had to wait until the next morning and so I was it was kind of the middle of the night in Salt Lake City at the airport and I was thinking man I'd like to be at home with my horses and my dogs right now (laughs) instead of stuck at this airport (laughs) and uh that was kind of the inspiration um and so I wound up starting to write it and then put down a bunch more lines just writing them down while I was on the plane the next day and then finished it out at the hotel room in Elko and just talking about how much I like to be at home, even though I love to travel. Well, this is a place to land. And by the way, a lot of people are not aware of the fact that probably 50% of an entertainer's time is spent traveling from one show to the next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Oh yeah. You got, you got to be ready to go. You got to be ready to go. But this is a that place is so to land. True. Yeah, and this is the title cut from the album. We'll be back and talk more with Kristen in just a moment. Place to land. So come on home. 
rocking A pair of boots that's made for walking But you've always gotta have a place to land And when you lose the scent you're trailing And your pony's feet are failing Well, you know it's time you find a place to land So come on home, turn off your phone Just tell them all that they can leave a message at the tone I hope someday before you're bald Like the tires you last installed You'll remember that you have a place to land
<laughs> yeah. Who, wait, 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 does one of you take the lead? Does the lead pass back and forth? Or yeah. So so besides um, whatever's we, going on, at, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say he. He's, I would say Aramis definitely generally takes the lead because he has so many years of experience in the recording and producing business. Mm-hmm. But we each have mm-hmm. different talents that help, um, and so we kind of each take different areas of it. And then we both lend our ears and see how it comes out. <laughs> yeah, and you also played rhythm guitar on um, Almeida's I mean, obviously, you play on all of your own albums, but I see that you're also um, credited with uh, rhythm guitar and arch rhythm guitar on her album. So, yes. what? How many different guitar do you have? A stable of guitars that you that you pull from? What are your? Tell us a little bit about your guitars. Well, um, for two, I have two main guitars. Um, one is my main main guitar. It's my a little Martin that I've had for years, and that's the one you'll generally see me with. I travel around. It's smaller in body, so it's easy to travel with, but it sounds great on everything. And so that's the one I take with me everywhere. Um, And then my arch top is an incredible guitar. It was gifted to me, made by Heritage, which is the company that was started by uh, people that used to work at the Gibson factory. And um, it's it's a guitar designed for, like, Western swing-type chords and jazz-sounding stuff. And so it just sounds incredible. Um, but it's it's a much heavier, larger guitar, so I don't always travel around with it. But that's the one you'll hear on, I think it's at least one of Almeida's songs on her album. And, um, and then, and then I, I've on got the a dip- couple other guitars, but those, those are my two best <laughs> ones. Uh, my last question before I get to the next song is: uh, Now that you um, together have a home, who who does the cooking? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when we got married, I really didn't know how to cook at all. I've not spent any of my life learning how to cook. I mean, when I was growing up, my sister and I decided we would divide up the chores and. I decided I would do all the animal chores if she would do all the inside chores. And so <laughs> I never really learned how to cook because um, you can see where my priorities were. But Aram is an excellent cook. He can cook anything. Ah. He's also great at barbecuing and all that. And so I've learned ah. a lot from him. And it's we I, I do quite a bit of cooking now, um, but we kind of share the load. So I'm a, I'm, a great hand, I'm a great hand. I'm a great hand at grilling or barbecuing, as you would say. So, I, I love <laughs> so my my girls have been happy. They said we're getting the best meals we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this That's is another great. song from the CD. It's uh, th- this is a great song. It's a classic song, and it's somewhere over the rainbow. Let's take a listen to that and come back and talk mm-hmm. more with Kristen and. Uh, Know that for an anniversary gift, I need to send you a Betty Crocker cookbook.
that are listening to the show, and I know we have a lot of those that do that. Um, mm-hmm. You did a thing, couple of singles, and this next one is a single that was released. What's a cowgirl supposed to do? Are you yeah. thinking about, and I know Mary Kay is thinking about this, are you thinking about kind of cutting some singles and sending those things out and maybe doing, you know, adding them to an album? Have you thought about that? Um, you know, I, not really. I don't know. It's hard to know with the changing music business right now. Like, I know singles are kind of the thing. And um, I still am kind of old-fashioned that, like, I know when I have an artist I like to listen to, I want to hear, like, a whole album, you know, and all the way through, the variety in it, and all the, you just get more of a whole feel for the artist that way. But, um, so, I mean, my current plan was for, to, to cut another whole album, but certainly I might decide to put out some singles. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, every day I'm getting uh, new artists that are presenting and and they've got this single coming out. This is dropping today, and this is dropping today. And so I was yeah. just curious. And, I know the Western music world has been a little bit different. Get, right, and and it does allow you to get more of a constant stream of new music coming out because it doesn't take you nearly as long to record a single as it does a whole album. So right, there's that right. too. Yeah, yeah, something to think about. Something. To but, the, but this was another great single that you did here in Nashville, and it's called What's a Cowgirl Supposed to Do? And I think there's a little story about this one, isn't there? Yeah, kind of. Um, the way I got connected with Chris Harris and uh, the music label Horsefly Music in Nashville was I was doing a show in California, and Steve, who is the guy who funded this project and has the label with Chris right. um, was out there and, and saw me play and um, he has another friend um, Jeff Severson who was out there kind of introducing or emceeing the show and in between it was a two day show and, and in between days we had some time and we decided we were going to jam and he started playing me this song he had written called What's a Cowboy Supposed to Do and mm-hmm. It was a catchy it was a catchy tune and on when the chorus came round I kinda started just jumping in with some harmony like you would at a jam session and he's like, Well I think you should sing this song and I, I said, No, 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 this is your song and uh before I knew it he had said he had, you know, changed the words and said, This is gonna be your song and you should do it on the show tonight <laughs> and uh <laughs> and that's what I ended up doing and, and Steve heard it and and contacted Chris and that's how it all came about is he wanted it recorded. So it was a crazy story, but super fun and really cool. It is really cool. And this is a really cool song. It's what's the cowgirl supposed to do. Kristen Harris. Never cross. 
Kristen Harris, what's a cowgirl supposed to do? I got a quick question before we get to the next song. So tell me about you and dark chocolate. <laughs> me and dark chocolate go really good together. That's that's one of my weaknesses or my addictions, you could say. I don't go anywhere without dark chocolate. <laughs> tell us about the mule song that's the next song gary's gonna play and i know it's a fan favorite <laughs> <laughs> well this one is is fun um i got the, the chance to go on a pack trip in the Pasayan wilderness um actually with some of the horse crazy gals laura lee northcott and jennifer epps um years ago and i um was helping wrangle the horses and mules that we packed all the gear on. And um, that was kind of my first experience with mules, but it was so much fun and came down the mountain and had the inspiration for this song. Well, mules are popular today, and this is a popular song, apparently with all of her fans. So let's take a listen. And it's from the album, A Place to Land. I love the mountains, I love the moon Between a window in the clouds When it comes poking through against the sky Purple hue instead of blue Instead of blue I love the sunshine down by the stream bed at noon And the echo off the canyon makes one voice become two a mule Anytime I want to I could gain altitude Carry me to places No horse could get to And he would rarely Throw his shoe He might be stubborn But I am too Or I pack him With some gear and some food Find a spot to build a fire And stare at the view You could come to But you just need a mule Now I ain't saying I'll be trading horses in But if I could have both now Would it be a sin Cause when I'm low I need to go where the air is thin Here's a clue for you, I need a mule, he'll have big ears and an opinion or two, but he'll keep me on my toes just like a good friend would do, yeah, it's true, I need a mule.
surprise attack With a gentle eye that's followed by a brawny back And he won't tire when we ride or pull a load Maybe I don't need a mule I need two Cause you know that it don't hurt to dream Cross a couple mares with a pair of jacks And I'll feel like a queen when I'm driving them as a team Or leading them in a string And those big ears I'll give a scratching or two Cause they'll listen to me yodel Like a good friend would tell Yeah, it's true I need a mule Yes, I do You need a mule If you only Kristen Harris, The Place to Land. Kristen, you have been so much fun to have on the show today. I just love you to death. Oh, it's always a blast talking to y'all. This is so fun. Well, it is so much fun. It is so much fun. For the people around the world that are listening to the show today, they're enjoying this album and the singles. Where can they go to find your music and find your tour schedule? Uh, The best place is just KristenHarris.com. K-R-I-S-T-Y-N, and you can pretty much find everything there. Um, And then, of course, you can also follow me on social media. Facebook and Instagram are mostly what I do. But, yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you in the near future, and thanks again for being with us. We're going to close out this segment with another song from the CD, A Place to Land. It's classic Michael Martin Murphy's Wildfire. Kristen, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Gary and Bobby. When we come back, happy anniversary. (laughs) Yes, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to all of us. When we come back, it's going to be time for Saddle Up America. Stay with us. You're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Oh. 
Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. It's time now for Saddle Up America from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. I'm here. So we're gonna, and I'm hey, here, Bobby. I'm here. All right, we're going <laughs> to welcome to the show now our friend, Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horse with America. He's the Director of Public Lands and Recreation. And for the first time on the show from Montana, we have Backcountry Horse from America's Vice Chairman, Mr. Mark Hemmel. So welcome, guys. Thank you, Gary Thank and Bobby. You. Well, you're welcome. It's good to have you with us today. So I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you for just a minute, Randy, and let you introduce Mark. Oh, you bet. Hey, and thanks for letting me. Um, Mark Himmel's on the show with us, and as Gary said, he's our vice chairman of the Backcountry Horsemen of America. And as many of your listeners know, we're a national nonprofit volunteer service organization. And one of the main things we do is keep trails open for everybody. Um, and, you know, so this is largely about trails. And the discussion today, I'm hoping, is that, you know, a lot of us love to do trail riding, and we we just are appreciative of the fact that there's somebody out there that's clearing trails, and that somebody's not always the, the agency that's in charge. In fact, it falls more and more on the laps of us as volunteers to maintra- maintain the trails. And so we're kind of the unseen people who maintain trails, remove fallen timber from the trail tread, um, and, you know, basically – you know, get the blockages out of there so people can just enjoy their ride and not have to worry about going back or going a different route or not coming back again. But really, the, the federal land management agencies don't necessarily make it easy uh, for you. Um, you know, you have to get certified to use a chainsaw or a crosscut saw um, on National Forest to clear clear trail. So, okay, we we can do that. And Mark is uniquely qualified and, and at the highest ranks of those that are certified um, you know, for, for both chainsaw and crosscut, 
that he's done all the levels to the top to be himself an instructor uh, in, in, in SAW certifications. So he's lived this life for years and years as a volunteer for BCH Montana. Um, and along the way, he's compiled various awards, you know, for Volunteer of the Year in Montana for his work on the Continental Divide Trail. He's received a Historical Preservation Award for a cool project on a national forest that restored the last fire tower located on the Continental Divide. There's all these neat things that Mark's been involved with. And at the core of it is the volunteerism, the stewardship, taking care of things, and sometimes being the unsung hero, doing a lot of work, uh, keeping trails open for everyone. So that was my introduction for Mark. Um, I really want you guys to have this dialogue, and, and I'll probably have to be out of the discussion shortly here, um, you know, but nonetheless, Mark is just represents the best of what BCHA does and the power of our states, including our original state, Montana, where Mark, Mark lives. So Mark, you know, uh, take it away, please, and, and uh, you know, tell Gary and Bobby what you do and, and why it's so unique. <clears throat> Hey, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. And thank you. And thank you for for getting these trails open because I've gone across a few where you can't do this. So thank you for what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and tell us what you do. Well, um, I'm a volunteer. Um, actually, uh, my wife and I volunteer. Uh, we use horses uh, to ride out. And I use pack horse to carry all my gear and whatnot. And we sort of have gotten into volunteer agreements with the fire service because, you know, we soon found out that we have this intricate trail system in our country. And if we want to help keep these trails available for all users, uh, we can help maintain them. So the fire service approached us. And that was, for me, it was back in, late of 1997 and from there it just progressed and uh, uh, where I'm at today is uh, in the training level so it, it, wow. it's a lot of fun I really do enjoy it oh wow well how did you and your wife get involved uh, with Backcountry Horsemen of America to begin with I was curious about that well back in I'm going to say back in 97 I was on a pack trip north of Yellowstone Park and went up a mountainside and we had to get in so far to, to find the next campground because you're going over a ridge and you drop down. And when we were dropping down the other side, uh, the trail was simply blowed shut and all we had was a handsaw to clear it. Um, we quickly found out that we were in trouble because it got towards dark. Uh, there was no way of going back. So then we had to find a camping spot along that ridge, um, which we were able to manage to do. But a day later, I cut myself out going to the bottom. When I got to the bottom, uh, I ran into a backcountry horseman who was clearing the way up the trail. So we talked a little bit, and then I thought, well, this is this is a good thing to do. So a week later, I joined the backcountry horseman here in Great. Wow, so wow. That's how I got started. <laughs> so from 97 to today, were you the vice chairman of the organization? And I think that's pretty impressive. Pretty yeah, impressive. I, I've kind of worked my way up from, you know, from chapter level to state level and then to on the national level. Um, yeah. I, I just, um, yeah. So. <laughs> well, if anybody today. has been out on the horse trails, they have traveled a trail, and after a storm or something, they've encountered trees, or um, you know, across the trail, and and you have to find a way to go around and move through. How did you get involved in 
in working with the saws and, and all the training that you do, how did that come about? Well, when I joined the chapter, uh, we uh, the Forest Service at the time in 97 was coming out where they had asked volunteers to clear trail, uh, and they were trying to install safe techniques at the time. And we sort of worked with the Forest Service here and there, but as we went on from 97 on up, uh, we found out that the Forest Service at one time had plenty of people to train volunteers. And then with them fighting more fires, they sort of asked volunteers to take a larger role in that. So that's what takes us up into 2016, where they sort of came out with the the, the new implementation of the SAW policy, which allowed volunteers to train volunteers. Um, Simply, if we don't help out, you're going to find it very difficult to go from one point to another. Yeah. on the trail system. Yeah. So, and one thing I want to want to mention right quickly is that uh, in a lot of the in a lot of the national forest, you can't use uh, a chainsaw. You have to use a saw saw. And um, that's correct. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about what into that and and uh and in montana what what kind of saw can you use can you use power saws or uh well in montana we're roughly running about twenty six thousand miles of trail um six thousand of it is will or wilderness designated areas um and in wilderness areas you have to use traditional tools which would be an axe or a crosscut saw and okay. crosscut saws run up to six uh, seventy two inches long uh, requires wow. a little bit different skill set and a lot more patience and yeah. a little more, a little bit more work. <laughs> wow. Mm. wow. Yeah, I know. I, it takes so, me a while to work just a handsaw. So a six-foot saw is yeah. a little bit of work. Yeah. It is, but there's nothing like the sound of a crosscut singing through a piece of wood. It just makes its own sound. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's unique. Yeah, you, you really have to experience it. So. Okay. Bobby, you'll have to take his word for that, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you all uh, talk about the certification process yet? Was it, did I read that there's a certification process, Mark, you have to go through? Uh, yes, there is. So coming out of 2016, uh, the Forest Service brought in that all volunteers – and volunteers could be under a simple volunteer agreement or they could be under a challenge cost share agreement or a contract. Well, they wanted everybody to be have a uniform approved SAW training. And like I mentioned, for the first time, volunteers could advance to a more, uh, to a more advanced level and teach volunteers and other users uh, with that. Um, and th- then we, th- they kind of broke it down into Sawyer levels at that time, where Sawyer would either be an A level, which is a beginner level, B would be intermediate, C advanced level. And that all depends on your life skill sets, where you started from. Most A Sawyers had never even picked up a saw before they come to a class, so they pretty much start in at the mm-hmm. A level. Mm-hmm. And, as, and as time goes on, it's all about trigger time, we call it. You know, time. You know, the more time you spend at it, the better you get and improve your skill set. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, the, the basic levels of uh, 
and how we break them down is with complexity. So, you know, you get into, you know, a tree laying on the ground can have uh, basically no complexity. It's just laying there. You can cut it up firewood chunks and throw it away. Or, and that's basically the A level. Uh, when you get into a, a, the moderate to B level, uh, then you get into more, a little more complexity. The tree may have a, a really nasty side bind and things like that. You have to know how to read it because, you know, simply, you know, we want to be safe at what we do. Uh, and at the C level, which is more advanced, we get into a lot of complexities. You may have four or five different bends on one tree that's lying or leaning, and along with your hazard trees that uh, could, are potentially very dangerous. I mean, they, 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 there have been fatalities at times. So, wow. you know, that was many years ago. We've gotten much better with, with everything in our saw training, and, you know, we hope to eliminate those. So, Okay. Today, um, if you, are, are the, does the Forest Service treat volunteers like an employee as far as hospitalization and different things that they're accessing? How do yeah, that when handle a, today? Right. When a volunteer signs up on an agreement, uh, he's basically uh, a Forest Service employee at that point uh, for that particular day, and they do cover OWCP uh, or the work comp liability insurance. So uh, they do cover that for us. That has not always been the case, has it? Uh, No, it has not. Years ago, they did not. And with the Forest Service, uh, saw uh, many years ago that, hey, we're going to ask volunteers to go out and do this work, and we don't want them to, if they get hurt, we don't want them out and gone because simply they're not going to come back at that point, you know, if if they do get hurt. So. Wow, wow, wow. So, Bobby, you have any questions? Um, well, let's see. Um, I think you also received an award recently. We didn't talk about that yet, did we? That Historical uh, Preservation <laughs> Award? Yeah, I was yeah. curious about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we love to talk to award winners. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think it was about six years ago, uh, I was approached by another group here in Montana that was uh, uh, restoring um, uh, the, the last remaining uh, fire tower that was on the Continental Divide. Uh, me originating from Pennsylvania, I was used to old school techniques. So, and I kind of saw it as a challenge. Um, I knew where the tower was. Uh, was easy. I could easily drive my pickup to it. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of took that on, just how often in your lifetime do you get the chance to, you know, to restore a fire tower on the Continental Divide, you know, especially with the only, it's the last one. So wow. it, it took me um, 80 days over two years uh, to, to get wow. the job completed. And wow. um, when, you're, when you're working at 7,500 feet, you find out that, the wind is notorious, and it snows <laughs> almost every month of the year. <laughs> so. I was going to ask what the elevation was for that. I have seen uh, a few of those things, and it's like yeah. I, I think you look down to see the birds flying by when you're at that elevation. It, and, and you do. When you're up there, they're all put in a strategic location so they can see up to, I would say, about a 50-mile radius all the way around them. And they were originally used to spot fires, you know. Wow. Uh, the one that I worked mm-hmm. on when I was done with it, uh, they turned it into an overnight where um, uh, residents or, you know, or anybody could uh, actually rent that unit for the night. 
and and stay in the fire tower. It really oh, wow. pretty nice. That would be pretty cool. Talk about cool. fire mm-hmm. towers. Uh, I'm going to get to a song real quickly from Claudia Nygaard called Prairie Fire. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Mark a little bit more about what Backcountry Forces of America does. And uh, there were some terms that you guys use that I've got to ask you about. But uh, we're going to do that in just a moment when we come back on Saddle of America. Nygaard, 
Prairie Fire, a title track from the album of the same name. And welcome back. We're chatting with Backcountry Horsemen of America's Vice Chairman, Mark Himmel, today on the show. Um, Mark, last month we uh, on this um, program, we talked a little bit about a brand new national initiative that was just getting started, Trails Are Common Ground. And I wondered if maybe you would take a moment and talk a little bit about that uh, program and how Backcountry Horsemen of America is um, supporting that initiative. Yep. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, on the Trails for Common Ground program, uh, we know that there are many, many users out there on the forest uh, that actually use the trail system. We all have one thing in common, and that is using the trail system. I mean, users could range from horsemen to motorcyclists to uh, side-by-side users to 4 by 4 Jeep users, and then we can jump over. Then we have mountain bike guides, and then we have the regular hikers, winter sports, could have snowmobilers, cross-country skiers, snowshoers. And, wow. I, ac- and I actually helped train all of those uh, in my backyard for, uh, you know, salt training. Uh, that's uh, that I had been asked to, to to do that from by the Forest Service. You know, at one time you would think horsemen and motorcyclists wouldn't get along, and at one time maybe we didn't, but now we do. I mean, we found the common ground, uh, which was the trail system, and then uh, we actually, when I started doing the training, um, I actually we actually come together and. Now we are very good friends. Uh, I've got some very good friends in, in all user groups. And so for the last several years, you know, since the SAW program had changed in 2016 and with the, now the trails are common ground that we're pushing, um, we, we have a lot of in common. And we really do work great together. Uh, we each know our strengths that we have out in the forest, and we use them to our advantage to get the job done. So That's great. Part of this initiative is also kind of spreading um, good etiquette. And I know today it feels like we just have a loss of civility out there, you know, how we treat each other. And I found it so interesting to kind of read with each organization how they're sharing etiquette. And I think that um, Backcountry Horsemen of America, you have a very simple three-step um, way to, to to greet a horseman when you're out on the trail. You want to share those three steps with us? <laughs> well, the steps are the triangle that you'll see. Usually they're post-bit trailheads. So, sort of lets the user of the trail know what to expect going down the trail and what that trail classification is. Um, so I like to start with the top of the pyramid. Uh, the horse sort of has the right-of-way coming um, or coming down the trail. Uh, next would be the hiker, uh, and then the motorcyclist or the motorized user or mountain bike would then um, be on the other leg of the triangle. Because uh, we know that horses, uh, while I know what I'm doing, my horse has a brain of his own. And right. that helps another other users might not know that or might think the horse does exactly. So uh, to make things um, safe for everyone to pass, uh, that's sort of how we go through it. Uh, any user can uh, just talk to the horseman, and the horseman will tell you where to stand. Like everybody thinks it's safe to go uphill. Actually, that's not so because if a horse gets scared, the first place he goes is uphill. He doesn't go downhill. Yeah. So mm-hmm. downhill is yeah. the safest mm-hmm. place to stand. And simply talking to the horse, uh, 
you know, during uh, hunting seasons, guys can be dressed in camouflage and they'll try and hide from the horse and you really can't do that because the horse will see you and he gets scared when there's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're trying to kill me or eat me or something like that. <laughs> well, I see what's going on. We all talk to each other. So it's like, just talk to the horse. Just bring talk and the horse will know you're a person. And we go on from there. So. Oh, well, mm-hmm. well, well, I there's think an excellent show... video. Yeah, go ahead, Bobby. I, I... I was just going to say there's an excellent video on the Backcountry Horsemen of America website, and then if you click on the sort of tile icon for Trails Are Common Ground, there's a really good, like, two-minute video, um, Stop, Speak, Smile, that um, looking around at some of the other organizations' websites, I didn't see anything that was quite as clear to me as that. It's really excellent and as somebody who's not around horses very much and, and, and wouldn't really know what to do, I found that really well produced. So, um, yeah, so check that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, we try and uh, help educate um, let people know, and especially with the one where it's uh, what the horse sees, and it's more what the horse sees uh, coming down the trail. Uh, once they're used to it, then they're used to it. Uh, horses have very sensitive ears. That's why it's always good for you know for motorcyclists up close to sort of shut the shut the uh, the motorcycle down till we pass. And if, if a lot of times if I see them coming, I know how to get off the trail just you know to make it work for everyone, you know that right. sort of thing. Unless I'm unless I'm pulling a pack string, if I'm pulling five horses back, then it's simply something that I cannot stop. I have to keep going down the trail. So. All right. So the trails trails uh, are important. That's the way we that's the way we enjoy the outdoors, and that's why traveling down the trails. It's important to have trail etiquette and uh, to be aware of other users that are out there. But it's also extremely important trails clear and safe for our trail riders and other people that are out there. My question for you, Mark, is that I. I you do this training uh are you do you do that mostly in montana or do you are you available to come out to other states to do some uh for the most part i i work just here in montana although i have ventured down into utah idaho and uh over to uh jackson hole wyoming to help out our uh other chapters of backcountry horsemen of america um, I'm I'm kept quite busy here in Montana, though. Uh, there's a okay. lot of lawyers coming through and need training in one year's time. All right. So do you hold do you hold classes that uh, people from other states? I'm thinking about being back here in the east. Can people come out and go through your training out there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anybody with, with the new SAW program from 2016, any volunteer can go any place in the country for training. Um, and then they can take when they go back to their home state. Uh, that that certification is good in their home state, also. So the first oh, service made it pretty easy for volunteers. That is great. So. That is great. Well, you have had some great information for us today. And um, can people contact you through Backcountry Horsemen's website if they'd like to speak with you further about this? Yes, I can. Uh, my contact information is there on bcha.org. 
um, you'll find our contact information. And, and from there, we also got a map, a user map, that you can actually contact all 212 chapters throughout the United States. All right. Well, I would encourage people to do that. Always, we encourage people to get involved with Back Country Horsemen in their area. And uh, I think here in Tennessee, I think we have three chapters, uh, maybe four. So there is a chapter close by to you somewhere for you to get involved. And if there's not, uh, Mark might encourage you to start one. So that, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Either. <laughs> anyway, Mark, thanks for being with us today. You've had some great, great information. We appreciate you taking the time to do that. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Anything that you think that we need to close with in this segment? What have we missed? Uh, the only one thing I'm going to mention here, I, I sort of brushed over, is PPE or personal protective equipment. Uh, whenever operating a chainsaw, please use the personal the PPE. You know, between the helmet, the eye goggles, the shaps. Um, last year there were what 33,000 chainsaw accidents. Wow. Uh, chainsaws. Chainsaw is not a surgical instrument. It doesn't cut. It tears. <laughs> So oh, wow. That's why we ask people to, 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 to wear PPE. <clears throat> wow. So, well, that's a, that is a good that. way to close out this segment with because that's something I hadn't thought about. But, yeah, I thought about the goggles, but the rest of it I hadn't thought about. 33,000? Yeah, that's questions. what OSHA tells us. <clears throat> wow. Wow. So. All right. Well, be careful. I think you need to talk to Mark to reach out to org. <laughs> and find out more about this. Mark, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate you, my friend. Okay. Thank you, Gary. Bobby. All right. We're going to close out this segment with a great song from Earl Debbie Hampton. It's called Silver Trails. We'll be right back.
to the sagebrush tree. Bright stars are shining up above. The birds are singing pretty melodies. Their little song of tender love. Now that I've made my mind up, never more will I roam. I know I'm going to wind up all the prairie my home. I know I'm going to wind up all the prairie my home. R.W. Hampton, that's Silver Trails. Bobby Bell, Kristen Harris is so much fun to have on the show. <laughs> she always is. <laughs> I think uh, she has just grown up on the show. I remember the first time <laughs> she was on. And um, it was like difficult time speaking. You know, she's just grown <laughs> Such a talented, articulate young lady, but uh, so much fun. Mm-hmm. And a great CD, mm-hmm. The Land is the CD, uh, all of her CDs great. So be sure to visit her website. And um, Mark was very informative. We appreciate him being on the show. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, that's great. Wow, 33,000 chainsaw accidents in the year. I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, there were 33,000 I... people a chainsaw anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty uh, That's pretty scary. That is pretty yeah. scary. That is pretty scary. But anyway, it was a fun show today, and um, we're looking forward. Next week on the Campfire Cafe, we've got Rick Price, the singing Aaron, is going to be joining us. Yeah, I us. think it's, it's our first time with him, I think. It is. Yes very first time. Yeah. So we're looking yeah. forward to talking with him and, and sharing some of that music. And then our good friend, Mr. Robert Eversole, the Trailmeister, will be joining us. And he is back working with his mules. He's kind of recovered a Great. little bit. So we're Great. looking forward to talking with him. But uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, tell us what's going on with Out West. I'm going to encourage people to get some winter clothes because I'm seeing some pretty strong signs. It's going to be a cold winter this year. Yes. And we would recommend shop early. We're hearing all kinds of rumblings out there about um, uh, distribution clogs, uh, containers, not getting off of ships and ports and so forth. So, you know, we would recommend that um, shop early um, and use, Coupon code radio and save ten dollars off a purchase of seventy-five or more. And just take a look at outwestshop.com. Um, there's lots of places you can find cold weather items. You can also follow Outwest Shop on Facebook, where I do posts about um, products. And I did um, last week, I or this week earlier, a couple of posts for men and women that highlight some of our cold weather, chilly weather clothing. So um, just go to outwestshop.com and leave the shipping to us. <laughs> All right. That's the way to do that. Outwestshop.com. And, uh, 
we were talking before we were talking, I guess, before the show that it is so hard to find 100% cotton stuff anymore. And I think you said Rocky Mountain mm-hmm. shirts still are 100% cotton. Rock, yeah, Rock Mountain Ranch wear um, a lot of their embroideries are 100% cotton, and some of their dress shirts and other things. Um, yes, you you it is a little it is a little harder to find. Um, you are absolutely right on that. So yeah. Well, this has been a fun show, and uh, do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to leave with? I do. This is a Dakota Indian proverb. We will be known forever by the tracks we leave. Good, good closing thought. So I'm going to leave us with a closing thought today as well, if that's okay. Mary Kay and I are celebrating our one-year anniversary today. And this is a quote from Robert Browning. Grow old along with me. The best is yet to be the loss of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hand who saith, a whole life planned, you shows but half. Trust God, see all, nor be afraid. So I thought that was a great, I thought that was a great quote. It is. So anyway, we're going to close out the show with a great song from Mary Kay. She wrote this for us. It is called Ride. Be sure and join us next week on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network with Saddle Up America, followed by the Campfire Cafe. Thanks for listening, and Bobby Bell, we'll see you on the radio.
conjure the future And I can't heal the past But I can wrestle down this moment And wish that it could last You are the lines on my face And the calluses on my hands And on my heart You are the hope of years together And the fear of years apart And darling, I'm here Over the ride You don't even need to wonder If I will stay here By Between me and 